You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast, and it is presented by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. You guys know this. Those of you that watch us either on the DK Network or YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, you can see the helmets behind me. If you want to know which teams I play for, or you can probably just Google it, which is fine as well. Thank goodness, though, because it enabled me to get these awesome media gigs Saturday night in the booth with Kevin Harlan for the Dolphins and the Chiefs. Sunday night on the sideline for Lions-Rams. Double dipping this week. Cannot wait. Should be absolutely awesome. Should be a blast. Looking forward to it. Just like I look forward to this show each and every week. You can check me out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL or us at Ross Tucker Pod. I encourage you to do that. Pretty much any platform you're on. But the star of the show is none other than Joe Dolan. Check him out on Twitter, at FG underscore Dolan. You can still go to FantasyPoints.com and use the code 23FEAST to get a discount, at least until Joe tells me differently. And this is actually a good time, I As would imagine, fact, Joe. Ross, let me let me do it live. Let me do it live. 24FEAST. Oh, okay. Now let me do let me do that right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna flip it over right right as we speak. So by the time this podcast comes out, 24 feast will be the active code. All right, the How's code is 24 feast at fantasypoints.com. And I imagine, Joe, you guys have all kinds of DFS data for these playoff games that people could use at DraftKings. Yeah, for sure. Um, absolutely for DraftKings. That'll be one of the major focuses of our website. Our, our guy Jake Tribby already has his DFS early look, and we're going to have um, uh, our guy Scott Barrett. As I told you last week, Ross, I don't. Scott Barrett won $20,000 $20, a couple weeks ago playing DFS using his own article because, well, obviously he did the research. So you can go on DraftKings, and he's going to have our, our slate breakdown uh, by Friday, Saturday morning, so you can build your lineup. So that the DraftKings is a big focus for us uh, that, uh, at this time of year. But also, uh, maybe you're doing a playoff contest. The FFPC has a playoff contest. Maybe um, this is one of the time, uh, one of the times of year when a lot of folks, maybe the, maybe the guy who runs your office uh, against the spread pool, or uh, or uh, the guy who runs your your NCAA tournament pool, he comes out of the woodwork with a with an Excel based kind of fantasy content. I actually run one Ross for my buddies and. It's a one and done. Uh, you might have heard, if you've listened to this podcast in the past, you might have heard what I do is, and what happens is you set a different lineup every week, kind of just like DFS. You set a different lineup every week, but the catch is you can only use a player once throughout the course of the playoffs. So if I were to use, say, Jalen Hurts this week, I can't use him next week if the Eagles advance. So you, And then the most points at the end of the, the playoffs ends up winning. So it's... 
you have to maximize your points in any given week without curbing your opportunity to use players in the future. So that's a fun way to play. The FFPC, as I just mentioned, they have a 12-man roster, but you can only and it goes for the entire playoffs. But it, you can only use one player per team. So if you use Christian McCaffrey, you can't use Debo Samuel, and it goes for the entire playoffs. So you have to make sure you pick the right combination of players. There's a lot of fun ways to play in the playoffs, but of course, DraftKings is going to be the most popular and uh, DFS. So before we get into these games, because we're going to dive into all six of them from a DFS standpoint in particular, and these other contests that you're talking about, anything really jump out to you as we record this Wednesday, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time about the coaching moves Mm. so far and the impact (laughs) of said moves on fantasy football? I guess it's really hard to judge until we see who the new guy is. Uh, One thing that that jumped out to me is – I um, honestly, before I went to bed on uh, on Sunday night, I saw that Arthur Smith was fired, and then I was sitting here on Monday. Um, I was actually doing a playoff draft over at FantasyPoints.com. We were live streaming a little playoff draft, and during that, I saw on my Ring camera uh, a, a a package came from FedEx, and normally they just leave the uh, normally they just leave the package, but this one apparently had to be signed for, and I was a little I was a little. Uh, Nervous that Artie Smith had sent somebody to take care of me after the way we've uh, talked about him on this podcast. Um, from from a from a perspective, so far Ross, we're looking at what three head coaches have been dismissed: Arthur Smith, Ron Rivera, and Mike Vrabel. Vrabel was a little surprising to me. Um, I I wonder if that's going to have any repercussions elsewhere. By the way, um, but Arthur Smith is the most impactful to me because I have to imagine first and foremost they lost. 10 games in each of Arthur Smith's three years as head coach. So that things are going to happen when you lose 10 games in, in each of your three years to start your tenure. But I can't imagine that Arthur Blank was sitting there looking at, hey, look at the money, the rookie contracts that I'm paying to, to Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and Bijan Robinson. And these guys are getting used less than Jonu Smith any given week. I have to imagine that did not sit well with Arthur Blank. So I think the Falcons next head coach, whomever that may be, is probably going to come in and is going to use uh, those guys a little bit more. It's scaring the bejesus out of me because I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to value all these guys um, for next year with the new head coach. But uh, it that's the one that's most impactful to me. Arthur Smith being fired. And um, I saw a, a Falcons beat writer who was like, Hey, you know, uh, uh, Jonu Smith was really emotional about Arthur Smith being fired. Well, of course Jonu Smith was emotional about Arthur Smith being fired. He's not going to get any more targets. So um, it was, uh, it was uh, uh, for fantasy football, a long time coming. But, of course, on a human level, um, you never want to celebrate somebody being fired. Nope, totally agree. Let's get into these games. First one's kind of awesome. People make fun of the Saturday 430 game. Browns and Flacco yeah. against Stroud and the Texans. I'm pumped for that one, Joe. Yeah. The the Browns are, are two and a half point favorites on the road, 44 and a half the total. So I think, you know, uh, the the I think the books are giving the advantage to, you know, Flacco, the veteran. The Browns a more veteran team with a more veteran coach. Um 
Flacco, multiple touchdowns in all five of his starts, three uh, uh, 323 passing yards per game. Now, keep in mind, Amari Cooper is dinged up. Um, they said he rested on Tuesday. If Cooper expects to play in this game, but that is something that you need to watch here. Um, Kevin Stefanski and D'Amico Ryans, potentially the two favorites for, for uh, coach of the year fa facing off in this game. So I'm really interested to see this game. Cleveland beat Houston um, by 14 as three-point road favorites on Christmas Eve, but you might remember Case Keenum started that game, and then um, and then uh, Davis Mills came into that game. So it's a completely different uh, roster here now for for Houston, who's going to be starting C.J. Stroud with Nico Collins at wide receiver. Houston still has some injury problems. Noah Brown, uh, the wide receiver, is dealing with a back injury. I expect there to be a lot of Nico Collins in this game, and I, I don't... I don't see why Joe Flacco and his pass catchers with a really good matchup against Houston shouldn't thrive. I think Amari Cooper and David Njoku are going to be two of the most popular plays on the entire DFS slate, and for good reason, um, especially for Njoku. Houston is the second softest schedule-adjusted matchup for opposing tight ends over the full season. They allowed the most receptions and the fifth most receiving yards to the tight end position. Should be a good opportunity for David Njoku to catch a lot of passes from Joe Flacco in this game. What about the Texans on offense? You mentioned it. They didn't have Stroud the last time going against this Browns defense. So Devin Singletary is a really interesting DFS value. If we're simply talking DFS, he is priced as the number 12 running back on the slate per DraftKings, but in a must-win Week 18 game, he played 88% of the snaps. That is massive bell cow usage, and he's priced as the 12th most expensive running back. So even if you don't think the matchup uh, is good, and it isn't, it's... um. It's basically a neutral matchup on the ground. Devin Singletary is a massive value from DFS perspective, given his price on this slate. Wow. I like that, Joe. Let's talk the game I'll be in the booth for. It's the Dolphins and the Chiefs Saturday night. Looks like the, the Dolphins will be getting Mostert and Waddle back, Joe, mm -hmm. and they need him. Uh, so, Ross, um, uh, do they have the press box window open at Arrowhead Stadium when you call a game there? You know what's amazing about that, Joe? It might be the only one I'm aware of in the league that will not be open. Well, It's the only one, which I think Kevin Harlan's not going to like that. I mean, he knows the deal. Yeah. I'm sure the TV booth is probably open. But for some reason, when they made the radio booths, and I need to check on that in terms of what attire I bring. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's because I remember I was on the sideline for the AFC championship game between uh, Mahomes' first year as a starter against Brady and New Patriots. Dude, it was so cold. I had no idea it got that cold in Kansas. It was so cold. The game went to overtime. My fingertips. <laughs> oh, boy. Where my fingertips were so cold, they were burning, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, well, I think that's called frostbite, Ross. You should look into it. I, uh, have you played a video game since? I don't know if you're a video gamer, but I want to make sure your, your your tips are still working on those fingers. Uh, but, uh, Ross, this is um, there is an opportunity. Of, my wife watches the Weather Channel in the morning. She's a Weather Channel nut uh, like Mike Trout. And um, they, were, they were talking this morning about how it could be the coldest game in history for both franchises both Miami and Kansas City. So obviously when you think of Kansas City, you think, well, they're better equipped to handle it than Miami is. And the, the first thing that comes to mind when I think of Kansas City 
in this kind of weather. By the way, four point four and a half point favorites, forty three and a half the total. I can't imagine it's fun to tackle Isaiah Pacheco in sub zero temperatures. And that would be where I think Kansas City will start on offense. Miami has lost a lot of top defenders. Obviously, their pass rush hugely impacted from Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb going down. Van Ginkle, uh, Jerome Baker all injured. But I really think this chief offense is going to start with Isaiah Pacheco on the ground, I think, in that kind of weather. Now, maybe Andy Reid gives you the old rope-a-dope, and he's going to say, hey, look, guys, uh, they're not going to expect us to come out throwing with, uh, with, with this temperature and Rasheed Rice really gets going. Rasheed Rice is a great DFS play every week, um, but I think this is a game where Isaiah Pacheco can really impart his will on a very banged up um, Miami defense. Um, and and perhaps maybe Miami chooses to, with Xavier Howard dinged up, they choose to shadow Rasheed Rice with, with, uh, with Jalen Ramsey, which might force their hand a little bit in terms of running football. Let's talk about the Dolphins. The Chiefs defense has been really good. Mm-hmm. All year, but the Dolphins are getting back a couple of their marquee weapons in Waddle and Mostert for this game. Yeah, so I, I fully anticipate that Miami is going to throw the ball to Tyreek Hill um, all the time in a revenge game for Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is going to want to impart his will. Um, I expect Lajarius Sneed will shadow Tyreek Hill in this game. Um when, when it comes to Miami being physical in this kind of weather, I, I consider them a little bit more of a finesse run game with Mostert and Devon Achan. I wouldn't be surprised, though, with it being this cold if Achan kind of takes the lead in that backfield. Waddle dinged up. I don't know if the cold is going to make things worse for him. Same with Mostert. I expect this to be a Tyree kill, Devon Achan kind of game for the Miami Dolphins. I expect a lot of you... Whether you're hosting game day or movie night this weekend, DiGiorno knows that planning a watch party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, and the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game time mastermind. And you know that grabbing DiGiorno classic crust pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese, sauce, and other toppings and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno classic crust pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. Joe, you need something to wash it down, obviously. Of course. You know me. That's Labatt Blue Light. I'll be having some of those probably Monday night because I'm working Saturday night and Sunday night. But I'll be having a Monday night while I'm watching the Eagles. I might need to drink some Labatt Blue Lights while I'm watching the Eagles <laughs> Monday night. Living life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA. Buffalo. New York. All right. Speaking of Buffalo, New York, that's good timing right there, see, Joe. See, Ross, you know I've been doing this a long. Uh, I've been doing this a while because I knew that was coming. I was like, oh, this is a built-in Ross Tucker transition right here. Absolutely perfect. Well, I try to, you know, we have two commercials, so I try to do them back to back, so we're not interrupting again later on. And also, this way, we can just dive right into the Steelers and the Bills. Interesting here uh, on the Even Money Betting Podcast. Steve Fezzik talked about there's supposed to be big wins in this game, and he wanted the under. We still went together, Joe. Steve and I on a best bet on the Even Money Betting Podcast. We went under 35 and a half. He's expecting a lot of Najee Harris from the Steelers and try to shorten the game, keep it close, which is interesting. 
So I think this is interesting because if you're playing a playoff contest, you know, the Bills are red hot right now. And Josh Allen has a legitimate opportunity to play four games. Now, keep in mind, um, that's one of the big deciders if you're doing like a, a, a playoff long contest like the FFPC has. Because Josh Allen, if they advance to the Super Bowl, is going to get a full game more than maybe even Brock Purdy on the San or Christian McCaffrey on the San Francisco side, which is a huge built-in advantage. But look at this weather. Josh Allen, of course, completed 30 passes against Miami on Sunday night in a must-win game. But prior to that, 15-15-7 in their three previous games. This is a Buffalo team that will play based on the conditions and what the conditions entail. Now, obviously, Pittsburgh has a big loss without T.J. Watt. But 20-mile-an-hour wins, it's going to be cold, and Buffalo is a 10-point favorite despite this line being at 36, 35 and a half which implies a very low score for Pittsburgh and a game that Buffalo should control. That screams James Cook to me. If you're playing, if you're playing a DFS contest where you want to save some money, maybe you put Latavius Murray in there, hope he gets a goal line carry, gets in the end zone and could be part of the ideal lineup. But this screams James Cook right now, given the winds, given the temperatures. And then, of course, on the Pittsburgh side, a plenty of Najee Harris who finished the season running extremely hard. I loved what I saw from Najee Harris after Matt Canada got fired. I expect this to be a Najee Harris and James Cook game. Najee Harris ran for over 100 yards and a touchdown in each of his last two games. He scored four touchdowns in his last three games. This is Najee Harris weather on the Pittsburgh side. He finally looks like a Steelers running back. Yeah, he looks great, Ross. And, you know, maybe the Jalen Warren thing, that friendly competition really kind of um, – really kind of got him assertive, but Najee Harris looks really good. He's going to be a fascinating player in 2024 because Jalen Warren isn't going anywhere either. So I wonder, by the way, how much of that is like he changed his running style, how much of it's the O-line blocking better. It's a combo, yeah. but he runs differently now than he did the last couple of years. Let's get into the Packers and the Cowboys Man, oh, this one's fun. Packers are going to have a lot of guys on fantasy rosters next year, Joe. A yeah. lot. And it's kind of funny. They've hit on all of their wide receiver picks. Now, I'm not trying to tell you that like And tight end picks. Eh, look, Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave. Those those guys those guys are what is what's the uh, What's the Greg Coselism? Face mask melters? They want to block, too, those guys. Um, I'm not trying to tell you that Romeo Dobbs and Dontavion Wicks are superstars, but those are day three picks who have made meaningful con contributions to the Packers as young players. The Packers are the youngest team in the postseason since 1974. Only the Bills in 1974 were younger. So the Packers are doing this all with young guys. Jordan Love, Ross, you're... you're, you're, you're Social media team does a phenomenal job. Jack and the social media team do a phenomenal job making me sound smart. You know, I've been so impressed by what Jordan Love has done this year. And we're looking, by the way, at a game. This doesn't have the highest total on the slate. But this is going to be very popular on DraftKings because it's 50 and a half. Green Bay's a seven and a half point underdog. Implies Green Bay should be throwing the ball quite a bit. By the way, Dallas is easy. Dallas is still Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb probably is going to be the most rostered player in contests this week. He's probably going to be the most rostered player in the FFPC contest that I was talking about. Just a, a, a slam dunk guy to produce each and every week. Um, Dallas is still easy. You could get Brandon Cooks and Jake Ferguson in a lineup. I mentioned how Tony Pollard was so disappointing this year. Um and that's that. That is what it is. Um, unfortunately, uh, for Tony Pollard, but maybe he maybe he finds 
uh, the end zone as a seven and a half point favorite, but I expect Green Bay to be very popular for DFS here. Um, they still averaged, despite scoring 17 against the Bears in the season finale, they still averaged 7.2 yards per play. Aaron Jones looks completely healthy. Jordan Love enters the postseason with multiple touchdown passes in eight of his last nine games, and he's thrown just one interception over his last eight games. This is not a team I'd want to be playing right now, um, but Dallas is a different beast at home. Um, this is going to be a fun, I think, very popular DFS game. Keep an eye on the status of the Green Bay wide receivers, obviously, with Christian Watson. Jaden Reed's been dinged up. Um, Wicks and Romeo Dobbs have been dinged up. But those guys are going to be very popular in DFS lineups this week, as they should be. You know, the Packers' defense was actually pretty decent against the Bears, but this is a different animal with the Cowboys. Yeah, it is. Um, and I expect the Cowboys are going to put a ton of yards on, on them. And I think Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb is going to be likely the most popular quarterback wide receiver stack on the slate, but maybe Matthew Stafford has something to say about that. Then you've got Sunday night football. And guess what, Joe? I'm on the sideline. Oh, I'm I double can't wait, this weekend. I'm on the first flight Sunday morning from Kansas City to Detroit. I don't know. I can't imagine many people are going to be at the Saturday night game and the Sunday night game and getting paid to work both of them. I can't wait. Rams, Lions, I'm expecting a lot of points and yards, Joe. Well, that's good, Ross. You must be making the books because uh, that this is the highest line game of the week, and it's supposed to be close. Detroit is a three-point home favorite, 51.5-52 being the total. That is the highest number on the board. Um, and in, in one of just the unbelievable uh, little anecdotes you can tell about the NFL – when the Detroit Lions drafted Matthew Stafford first overall in 2009, and you were to tell a Lions fan, okay, you're going to draft this kid Stafford first overall. He's, gonna, he's going to start your first home playoff game since, 2000, uh, since, uh, since 1991 with Barry Sanders, and he's going to win a Super Bowl. Well, those things are true. Matthew Stafford's coming to town to start this game against the Detroit Lions, um, and it's going to be a it's going to be a fun one. The Lions' defense has struggled. Um, Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams stand out to me. Um, Kyron Williams is the RB one on the um, on the slate by price. He's seven, but he's seventy three hundred. Normally, you're seeing your Christian McCaffrey's, your elite running backs in the eight to nine thousand dollar range. Kyron Williams is too cheap. He's averaging nearly five DraftKings fantasy points per game, more than the next closest slate-eligible running back, and he's first in snap share among all those running backs, first in carry share, and first in expected fantasy points. He's he's too cheap on this slate. I think you can fit Kyron Williams into your lineup, the RB1, and still get a bunch of studs into your lineup. So Kyron Williams is certainly somebody to look at. Meanwhile, Puka Nakua is too cheap as well if you want to go away from Kyron Williams or even want to use both of them. Puka Nakua is the wide receiver seven on this slate. It's the highest game total, and the Lions have been the second softest matchup for wide receivers by schedule-adjusted fantasy points per game since week 12. They're allowing the league worst passing yards and yards per route run over that stretch. This is a matchup where loading up on your Rams, who are expected to play from behind, can and you can load up on their studs and still get more studs from other teams on your lineup. I expect that the Rams are going to be in most DFS lineups as the anchors this week, especially in single-entry contests. And the Lions, Joe? 
Well, the Lions are your same team every week, Ross. Uh, oh, by the way, one more player I want to point out for the Rams. Wide receiver 28 on this slate is Demarcus Robinson. $3,600 he is, and he, that is way too cheap for him. You can you can build lineups with Rams studs. You can build lineups with Rams um, uh, values on this slate. As for the Lions, Ross, three-point favorites. David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs are in play. Amon Ross, St. Brown, obviously in play. Let's check the status of Sam Laporta because we might be able to get different with, with, uh, uh, with a cheaper Lions tight end if Sam Laporta doesn't play this week. Joe, let's talk Monday Night Football. Wrap it up. Eagles, Bucks. Uh, Baker Mayfield had a couple of duds the last couple of weeks, but this is a phenomenal matchup. The Eagles have allowed um, the over 30 DraftKings points to five quarterbacks, including Mac Jones and Sam Howell. Um, the Eagles' defense is a complete mess. Um, I think the Eagles are going to win this game, but if the Eagles lost to the Panthers at this point, I wouldn't be surprised. Baker Mayfield, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Cade Otten, I think is going to be popular in this game after the Eagles just surrendered 300 passing yards to Tyrod Taylor. On the Eagles side, we obviously have to keep an, a keen eye on what's happening at the wide receiver position. A.J. Brown left last week's game with a knee injury. I think he's going to play. Not a guarantee. Devontae Smith did not play with an ankle injury. Think he's going to play? Not a guarantee. DeAndre Swift was ill um, in week 18. I think he's probably going to be fine. Jalen's, Jalen Hurts has a finger injury. He's probably going to play, but let's keep an eye on the Eagles' status. I don't expect the Eagles to be very popular on this slate. However, maybe you can get different by using some Eagles in a good matchup against the Bucs. Yeah, I mean, if you look at that week three game, holy cow, 500 yeah. yards of offense almost. They were... Utterly dominant. Check him out at FG underscore Dolan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We're at Ross Tucker Pod. I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for tuning in to Fantasy Feast. Make sure to also check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. <laughs>